I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 151 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have a very exciting guest for you guys today, a first-class father who has been a performance hypnotist in Las Vegas since the 90s. He has been billed as the greatest hypnotist of all time. Marshall Silver will be here with me. He is also the most televised hypnotist in history. He has appeared on Howard Stern, Montel Williams, David Letterman. He is also a best-selling author, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow on the podcast, Super Bowl champion punter Steve Weatherford will be stopping by. Thursday, a Broadway star who played James Cagney on the stage and is currently performing as the villain in Disney's Frozen on Broadway, Robert Creighton, will be here, so lock it in to First Class Fatherhood. Yesterday, we were hit with a little bit of snow here in the Northeast. Some of the schools had off, others uh, had a delayed opening. My kids had the uh, delayed opening, but I gave them a little bit of a bonus. I kept them home from school. I decided to give them the day off. We enjoyed some of the snow. We played a few board games, had some hot chocolate. I've said it before on the show here. I think that the delayed opening is the worst scenario in the school system when it comes to the snow. Either have school or don't have school. Let's stop playing games with this delayed opening nonsense. One board game that I highly recommend, that I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast as well, is a game called Camel Up. It's a mixture of horse racing and betting, but it's also got a very thrilling mystery at the end, so it keeps the suspense moving right up until the end of the game. You never know who's going to win it. Uh, all my kids really enjoy playing it. It's a simple game to learn how to play, so if you're looking for something a little bit out of the box, look for a board game called Camel Up. It's a ton of fun for the whole family. All right, actor Luke Perry died yesterday, which was very sad to hear. I met Luke 20 years ago on the set of HBO's Oz. I did some acting back in the day, and I was in a few scenes with him. Uh, I was definitely a closet 90210 fan growing up. I was trying to reach out to Luke Perry to see if I can get him on the show here. He was a first-class father as well, uh, but that was very sad to hear. So we never know how much time we have left, and the time that we do have, we need to take advantage of it, especially as fathers. I am one who is definitely on a mission to become a better dad each and every day. I cannot say thank you enough to all the dads and the moms out there who have supported me in this podcast, because at the end of the day, it is our children, our family, that really is all we have and all that matters. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I will be right back with the hypnotist specialist, Marshall Silver, in just a second here. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is known as the greatest hypnotist of all time. He's known as the millionaire maker. He has performed on all the biggest stages in Las Vegas. He is also the best-selling author of Passion, Profit, and Power. He starred in the 2010 movie Tranced. It is a big privilege for me to say Marshall Silver. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Awesome. Alec, nice to be here. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have three amazing babies. Uh, they are eight. Six and four. Wow. Okay. Very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? Uh, they love playing. They love uh, running around. 
They are in karate. All three of them are in karate. Uh, they are in dance. They are in gymnastics. Okay, awesome. Marshall, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. I am a certainologist. What that is is the study of certainty. For my entire career, I had been, or the most of my career, I had been a hypnotist. And when we started having babies, uh, I, my wife gave birth to all three of our babies right at home in the bathtub, no drugs, no doctors, no pain. And when I caught my son's sterling silver in my hands, I uh, looked into his beautiful eyes and I said, you know what, I'm done. I've already had a very successful career. I've made a couple hundred million dollars. All I want to do is spend all of my time with my beautiful son and my beautiful wife. And then my son Maximus Silver was born, and I caught him in my hands in the bathtub, and I looked into his eyes, and I said, it is so nice to be able to spend so much time with you two boys and your mom. And then when I caught my daughter Prosperity in my hands in the bathtub, I looked into her little eyes, and I thought to myself, um, little girls are really expensive. I need to get to work. <laughs> so I decided I was going to come out of retirement. And while I was in retirement, I had been playing with this idea of things beyond just hypnosis, things beyond programming somebody to hold a new belief, because to me, there's something beyond belief, and that is certainty. It doesn't, you don't have to believe in it. You don't have to work at it. It's just a given. So as an example, you know, my wife gave certain births. She was certain they would be relaxed. They would be uh, enjoyable, actually. And because of that, we were able to help her have that birth. I also believe in uh, people being certain millionaires. If you knew that you were a millionaire, guaranteed, and the money just had not yet been deposited in your bank account, then, number one, the stress about money goes away. Number two, the experience of what you do and the joy you live your life with is increased. And then, ultimately, all those things of being a certain person allow the world to align and produce a certain result. Awesome. I love that, Marshall. And I am a faith-based person. I believe that whatsoever you ask for in prayer, if you believe you have received it, it will be yours. And the trick really is in the belief, uh, almost like when we go to bed at night, we are certain that the sun will rise in the morning. And that's the type of uh, belief or certainty that I think you're talking about here, right? Yeah, and it's 100% the type of certainty I'm talking about. You know, I, I always tell people, if you pray to God more than one time for that one thing that you need, you, you're, you're kind of insulting God. God heard you the first time. The only question you need to know is, you know, what is God's timing and uh, what should it be for you? Yeah, almost in a sense, when you plant the seed in the soil, you don't go out there the next day, dig it up and check to see if it cracked and it's starting to grow. You just kind of you have to trust the process. You've got to have faith and faith equals follow through. Yeah. All right, Marshall, you've had so much success with hypnotism. I've seen you do some incredible things on the stage with hypnosis. Uh, as a father, does this kind of work with your kids? Is there any kind of advice you can give to parents out there on how to hypnotize their kids to clean their room or, or pick up after themselves around the house? 100%. You know, I'm not expecting somebody, including our children, to measure up is an insult. And so the basis of anything, of reprogramming our brain and becoming more certain, is consistency and predictability. My, my kids are amazing, and, and I don't say that just because they're my kids. They are amazing, and when we go out in public, we get compliments all the time. Other parents will come by and say, what did you do to get your kids to be so well-behaved? And the fact of the matter is we are consistent. We, we consistently make them be respectful. We consistently uh, expect them to say thank you to everything that they receive. We consistently expect them to introduce themselves with a uh, confidence and with a, you know, a great amount of respect to people. And so because of that, I believe that because we have an expectation of them to measure up, because we use specific language patterns, you know, a lot of times parents will tell their kids what not to do. 
and we don't do that. We tell them what to do. And, uh, I, you know, my wife and I, we have very different parenting styles. She negotiates a bit. I don't. I direct. And that's got part to do with me being a, a person that's been a hypnotist for a number of years. It's also got to do, though, with the fact that I think that when, when kids especially know how to win, then they win. And I have a little technique that I use whenever their behavior is less than desirable. I'll look at them and I'll ask, what am I about to say? Stop running in the house. What am I about to say? Pick up your clothes. What am I about to say? Get your elbows off the table. And so what that does is that reinforces them knowing what the uh, desired behavior is. And also it gets them to come to their own conclusion of what they should be doing in that moment so that, you know, after a while you don't have to tell them anymore. Very cool, Marshall. And one of the things I talk about a lot on the podcast here is that it feels like, to me at least, that there's an attack in this country on fatherhood and on family life. Certainly there's one on masculinity going on. And just the way dads are portrayed on TV and in the movies, it's kind of resulted in young people choosing to avoid family life because they've seen it as some type of a death sentence or a life that involves no fun at all. Is this a form of hypnotism? Because we're all on these devices now, crazy amounts of time during the day. Is it possible to hypnotize someone through the screen uh, by the con? content that they're consuming? 100%. You know, again, we, we become that which we pour into ourselves. If you, if you take a glass of poison, half-filled glass, filled, uh, half-filled with poison, and you start pouring pure water into that glass, well, by the time you get it to the top, it's half and half, half poison, half water, but it's still all poison us. If you keep pouring that pure water into that glass, though, what happens is the glass will start to overflow, and it'll start to spill out. And as long as you keep pouring that pure water into the glass, there is a point where it becomes diluted, 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 and then there's a point where it's pure water. And I believe that, you know, the reverse, of course, is also true. If you were pouring poison in and you kept pouring poison in, eventually it would become poisonous completely with no pure water. The same thing is true not only, you know, of what we eat, it's what we see, it's what we watch, it's what we hear, it's the people we hang out with. And so there's no doubt in my mind, and I would agree with you, by the way, we have become a, a society, a world whose moral compass is, is almost non-existent. And I, for one, believe that people are good, intrinsically good. The challenge is, is that too many good people don't speak up in the face of lunacy, insanity. And uh, they don't speak up because they know if you want to get attacked, have an opinion. Uh, for my children, I speak up. For my children, I, I say what I believe to be true. And, you know, it's, again, it's, it's my job to protect them. It's my job to train them. They're, you know, they have news stories of parents that are <clears throat> allowing their kids to choose their gender, you know, by the time they're five years old. Or, or the parent chooses the gender, decides to switch it for the kid, and starts dressing on a little boy like a little girl and vice versa. And that's insane. That is flat-out crazy. And it's harmful. And it's horrible to think that these parents are screwing their children up forever. You know, when I was a kid, I have, I have six sisters, I have four brothers, and I played with a Barbie doll when I was a kid. I, I didn't think I was a girl. I didn't think that there was anything wrong with me playing with a Barbie doll, and I don't think there's anything wrong with me playing with a Barbie doll today. I also know that the fact of the matter is I knew that the Barbie doll was a girl's toy, and I know, you know, if, if my daughter wants to play as she does, if she wants to do karate or play a sport that's generally thought of as a masculine sport, I don't have any challenge with that. The challenge comes up when, as parents, we are setting bad examples and, and confusing our children as to what they were God-given and who they really are. 
Yeah, and I think it has been slowly happening over time, Marshall, and really none of us saw it coming because so many of the dads I've spoken with here, they were really caught off guard, especially by all this gender stuff and the mindset that every kid deserves a trophy. That philosophy is very damaging. Most dads agree with that as well. I don't know how to get the narrative turned around, though. The attack on masculinity, this negative outlook on fatherhood and family life, what is the key to getting it all turned around, and what has been the purpose? Why are people out to try to diminish masculinity and confuse gender? I really don't understand the purpose of it all. I do. You know, again, this is my this is my uh, roadhouse. This is where I play. We had an administration prior to our current administration that was uh, genuinely intended to destroy America. And part of that destruction is, once again, lowering that moral compass. It's causing people to, to lose their morality and their ability to make healthy choices. In that state of confusion, in that brokenness, people are much more easy, easily controlled and manipulated. And so, you know, when, when, you, when you don't know that day is day and night is night or boy is boy and girl is girl, when everything is confused in that chaos, we are easy to control. And so the, the previous administration blatantly and clearly, and anybody that didn't see it is just not wanting to see it, wanted us to be separated, started creating a race uh, resistance that we hadn't seen in decades in the United States, started uh, hurting race relations, started hurting the uh, – the uh, gender relations and, and all of the above became fair game. So, again, the, the other side of that, though, how do we heal this thing when good human beings, people that love other human beings regardless of their state, can still have an honest opinion and, and put that opinion out in a loving way, in a kind way that says, still, though, this is my truth. I'm not going to pretend it's not my truth just so that you're not offended and you don't feel bad. In due respect, your opinion may offend me, yet I will allow you to have that opinion, and I will raise my children, I will do my part in the world to set an example so that people can see how it really is. And I want to address that thing you brought up, too, and, and I, you know, I, I see it a bit. Fatherhood is the best thing that ever happened to me, by far. My, my wife is, is certainly uh, the, right up there with, with fatherhood, yet fatherhood took me from being a man to, to being a man for others. And I love my wife dearly. She's the most best decision I ever made. Yet when my son was born, and then my second son, and definitely my daughter even more so, um, were born, it just changed my whole outlook on everything. You know, we traded in uh, my SL500 convertible Mercedes Benz for what I call a swagger wagon. You'd call it a minivan. And I, when I traded that in, I lost all pretentiousness as to what kind of a vehicle I was driving in. Because nothing makes me more proud than knowing I'm driving a vehicle that's comfortable, that's safe for my children, and that is, you know, makes our lives more enjoyable. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Marshall. And what a t- time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more from Marshall Silver. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Seat Geek. Taking your kids to the ball game is one of the greatest experiences in all of fatherhood. And now, First Class Fatherhood has partnered with SeatGeek, and you could save $20 off your next ticket purchase by using the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS. Maybe you want to go to a Broadway show, a concert. SeatGeek has the best prices for a wide variety of events. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. Get over to www.seatgeek.com and use the promo code First class to get $20 off your next ticket purchase. SeatGeek.com.
testimony it is to fatherhood to hear you speak about it like that. I mean, you're a guy that's earned over $100 million in your life. I've had Ed Milet on the show. He's earned over half a billion dollars. I've had Super Bowl MVPs, Navy SEALs. I mean, it's just incredible to hear uh, men like yourself who have accomplished so much in life, yet all you guys say the same thing, that becoming a dad has by far been the greatest, most fulfilling experience in your life. And then on the flip side of that, you have women like this girl in, in, in New York, Ocasio-Cortez, who has no children, making statements like, is it still okay to have children? And people are going to listen to her and think the sky is falling rather than listen to the testimony of so many parents who champion it. And then young people, they have this negative expectation of parenthood uh, going into it, and then they never really give it a chance. Cortez is a plant. Cortez is a, is a person that was put into position to do exactly what she's doing, to confuse the, the weak-minded sheeple. And uh, there's no way she couldn't be. Uh, she wasn't. She was funded by somebody. She had relatively no experience going into the place that she went into. She's dumb as a bucket of rocks. And, and again, I said it out loud. And I'm sure there's somebody listening to this that's going to be offended that I am judging somebody. I'm not judging somebody. I'm making an observation. This, this person is dangerous to our governing. And there's a couple of them in, in office right now that got voted in, that got manipulated in, got cheated in that are very dangerous to our way of life, to, you know, a healthy, uh, ethical, moral way of life. And we'll see it. The truth always reveals itself. Yet again, we've got to keep having these conversations. Yeah, I was just on Ed Milet's show, and I would agree, just a phenomenal guy who has a good balance between uh, what he does for a living and what that portion of his life is and making sure he's taking time for his kids. In fact, we were just chatting this morning. And he said to me, he said, Marshall, I admire, you know, you for the way that you balance your life so well with your children. He said, I love my family so much. And every time, you know, I go on your social media and there's something about you and the wife or you and your kids and your family, I am reminded to keep those things in balance. Yeah, and I am thankful that there are people like Ed Milet, people like yourself that are putting out such positive messages on social media because there's a lot of uh, poison out there with this technology. It's a struggle for many of us dads, so uh, I'm right there with them. How do you kind of handle or monitor all the social media? Or I know they're young yet, but how do you kind of handle the technology with your kids? We have very limited screen time. We're very conscious of, of how much screen time they get. I am fast to say no, and uh, I trained my kids to accept no by telling them no to something and then whatever thing it might be even screen time i say no and if they react well if they smile and say okay and remain charming a few minutes later i might just say yes and i'll tell them this is because i said no you remain charming keep that in mind always and then the other times i'll say no and maintain no no not today not going to happen today we're not doing that and and again i, I teach my kids Throwing a fit will never, ever, ever get you what you want, and it may just get you what you don't want. Good stuff. Yeah, I love your whole philosophy. And you started out with magic, and so many kids fall in love with magic at a young age. You found so much success with it, and few people do. Um, is everything that can be done with magic been done already, or is there still a place for the kids out there who are passionate about it and would love to try to make a career out of it? You must be telepathic. That's funny. I, um, I acquired a theater. I'm at my home in, in Las Vegas right now. We have a second home in a little town in Southern California called Carlsbad, North County, San Diego. And I acquired a theater uh, that was built in 1927 there. We're renovating it, getting ready to put some shows into it. And one of the shows that I'm putting in is my children from an early age have had an interest in magic because I gave them that interest in magic. I, I think magic should be taught 
to all children at some point in their lives. It teaches creativity. It teaches storytelling. It teaches dexterity. It builds confidence. It has the potential to make them money, all of the above. And uh, so we're putting this show into the theater on the weekends, probably one show Saturday afternoon, one show Sunday afternoon. And the show is going to be called Kids Show, a show, a magic show for kids by kids. And my, my three kids will start off in the show. The show is designed not only to be entertaining and be fun and be a great magic show, it's also designed to be a lesson. We are, we are forming a, uh, a school called the Young Entrepreneur School, or YES for short. And, uh, you know, when my kids started taking karate, I, I saw the market plan of how they get the kid into class, you know, get them enjoying it, then uh, have them apply for black belt training, and then have them go back and do those disciplines. And I thought, what a great idea it would be if instead of just karate or dance or gymnastics or those, what if there was a, a whole curriculum outside of what they're getting in school? What if there was an entire curriculum that taught kids how to be entrepreneurs, taught kids how to be business people, have their own businesses, and then help them start their own business right there so that their business could actually fund the rest of their schooling and training? I mean, if we started doing that with kids when they were, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, by the time they, they you know, were 18 and an adult, They'd already have a business making them money. They'd already have knowledge of how to run a business. They'd already have a knowledge of how to interact and, you know, be in the world. And so, you know, these days what happens for the most part is kids go to high school, they go to college, then they don't have anything to do, and nobody has ever taught them how to be in business. I myself have been working full-time since I was 10 years old, and when I say full-time, I, I mean 40 hours a week. Yes, I did magic as a young man, and I did magic shows and, and started my professional magic career at 10. But I also did other jobs. You know, I would, I would weed the fields of the muck farms back in Michigan on my hands and knees for a dollar an hour for 40 hours a week. I uh, had paper routes. I had all sorts of other gigs that I had to earn a living. And the reason that I did is my mother, you know, raised her kids all on her own. She worked three jobs, and I wanted to contribute. I didn't want to see her work that hard. And I look back on it now, and it's the best thing that I could have ever done. My own boys, uh, the one just turned to six, the one's about to turn eight, my own boys, in the morning when my wife and I go play tennis, early on I taught them, if you'll be the ball boys, if you guys will grab the ball, I'll pay you $5 per game, or if only one of you is doing it, I'll pay you $10 per game that you're the ball boy. So I started off by teaching them that. They thought that was pretty cool, that they could earn a living by you know running back and forth. And, and we usually play three games in a morning, so that's 30 bucks For me, it's certainly worth it to me to not chase the ball. And, and for the kids, it gives them good exercise running back and forth, and they begin to understand the connection between giving value and then also in, in receiving value back. So the next lesson I taught them was I, I, I paid them uh, for their day, and the next day I started teaching them to do it well. No complaining, no jumping around. You've got to pay attention. If we need a ball, you've got to throw it to us the second we, we put our racket up. So you've got to do it well. And so the second day, they were working on doing, not just doing the job, they were working on doing it better. And at the end of the day, I, I brought, came to them and I said, look, not only did you do your job, you did better than your job. You did your job with a good attitude. You gave great value. You paid attention. You let me mold you. Because of that, not only am I going to pay you, I'm going to tip you. Because by being excellent, there is always an opportunity for you to earn more. And so, you know, step by step, they're getting all these lessons. And as I said, magic is one of those things that, for me, it made me, it made me mature very quickly. It gave me great confidence. It allowed me to make money. You know, and to this day, I'm an entertainer.
Yeah, I think that's wonderful what you were just saying there. And our school systems, I think, are outdated. I think that there should be classes on how to accumulate wealth, how to set goals. And now with the argument of raising minimum wage to $15 an hour, I think that is very crippling to a young mindset in the sense that instead of improving your skills or looking to improve your value to the marketplace, you're just demanding more money for doing the same old job. And I think that that's hurtful to the ambition of the kids that are starting out today. 100% agree with you. You know, and, and again, that's one of the things that the uh, Young Entrepreneur School teaches is that if you're worried about a minimum wage, you're worrying about the wrong thing. You need to, in all things that you do, whether they're for your own business or whether they're for uh, other people, you need to give more than you're paid for. You need to do whatever task you're going to do, whatever job you're going to do. You need to do it as best you can, not just because it's the right thing to do, also out of pride. Yeah, no doubt. And I think there's a real opening here for the kids that do have that entrepreneurial itch. I think they'll be the first ones to find success out there, especially with all the weakness that we are seeing all over the country. I would agree. And, and again, it comes down to the fact that, you know, we, we go out in public and we'll see kids misbehaving. And my kids will say, what's wrong with them? Because they don't understand that behavior. And my response always is they have bad parents. If, if my children act up in public, um, like we're at a restaurant, they start acting up. I'll scoop them up. I'll scoop up the offending person under my arm. I'll walk outside. I'll say, you have 60 seconds to take a breath, get it together, change the behavior, or I'll go back inside and mommy will gather up your, your siblings and we'll go home. And, and again, I just think that, that for too long, parents have forgotten how to be parents and, and it's not the kid's challenge. You know, there's a lot of millennials get grief a lot of time. And, and again, I don't like the class people all together put them all in the same shoebox so i don't think that's fair i would agree that generationally uh they were let down you know whether it was because both parents had to work full-time and couldn't give them attention or or parents decided that they wanted to you know try a kinder easier less strict kind of parenting the challenge is they've raised kids with zero discipline they've raised entitled spoiled brats that think if they scream loud enough that they're offended that something will change they've they've raised people that don't understand how to respect other people and again, I, I, when I discipline my children, I set them down. And when I'm disciplining them, I, I tell them, here is the reason I'm disciplining you. I will tell you, if I don't do this now, if I don't risk uh, you not liking me short term, long term, your life will be harder. The world will be way more severe than I'm being right now. And so when they understand the reason for the discipline and when they understand the reason for whatever rule or you know, law of the house there is, then they're much more apt to follow it. They're much more apt to, to understand and, and abide by it. Well said. All right, you've accomplished so much already. I know you hit on this a little bit at the beginning of the show, but what are the goals that you have for the future? What's next for Marshall Silver? We are launching um, a, a technology called Certainty, and I mentioned that before, and I'm planting certainty centers uh, across North America. The first one's in Carlsbad. The next one will likely be in Vegas, only because I'm located here. And they are to do a number of things. They will have an entertainment product, a show of certainty, uh, in the evenings on Friday and Saturday to introduce people to the technology and how we can change our, our programs and our minds to become certain and to take more powerful, positive, productive actions. They'll also have uh, other shows. I, I, I want to put this kid show into each of the venue. I think it's very, venues. I think it's very important that kids know that they have options and that they can take charge of their whole lives. They don't have to count on their parents to give them everything. And the sooner they learn that, the better off they'll be as people. There'll also uh, be, you know, seminars held inside of these centers. Some of them will be our events. Some of them will be other people's events so that we can introduce them to the center itself. And that's the big project that I'm working on right now, that, that we want to have 100 certainty centers across uh, North America, Canada, and the uh, U.S. 
in the next five years. And this is my legacy. So that's what I'm working on. Awesome. I will include a link in the description of this podcast that'll take my listeners right to your Instagram page so they can follow you over there and find out more about you. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Marshall, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Be patient, both with your kids and with yourself. Uh, Always remember that you were a kid at one point and always remember the things from your childhood that you really loved and uh, the things that you didn't love and the things that you always said when you were a kid, if you grew up, you'd be a different kind of dad. And then finally, I think this is the most important one. Always keep your word. Always keep your word to your babies. And that's a good rule of, of life to everybody you, you give your word to. And then finally, the children spell love, P-I-M-E. So cool. I love the advice. This has been awesome for me. I got to say, Marshall Silver, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. You're very awesome. Have an awesome day. Thanks for having me on your show. All right, I'm back wrapping things up in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Marshall Silver for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it into First Class Fatherhood. The week is still young yet. Got a lot of awesome content coming your way. Tomorrow on the podcast, Super Bowl champion punter, a guy that's built like a linebacker, Steve Weatherford will be here with me. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thursday, Broadway star who is playing right now the villain in the Broadway production of Frozen. Robert Creighton will be here. And then Friday, we're going to have a Frogman Friday with Chad Williams. That's going to be a nice way to end the week. You guys seem to really love those Frogman Friday episodes. So I got a fresh one for you to close out the week. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. <laughs>